0: Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus. We thank you for your word. We thank you that your word is alive and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, that it divides and uh, joint and uh, marrow, the very thoughts and intents of the heart. Father, we thank you for your word. The entrance of your word gives us light, brings us understanding. We thank you, Father, that your word is a lamp to our feet and a light to our paths. That the entrance of your words brings that light and brings that direction. Father, we thank you for the power of your word and that you, you, through your spirit, transmit your words into our spirits and that you make yourself and your words and Jesus, your son, even real to us. Father, we thank you for the reality of Your Word and the reality of Your Spirit living within us and stirring us and moving us to act for You and speak for You. Father, we thank You. Hallelujah. For Your Word today as it goes forth, we pray, Father, that words will be granted. Come forth as I yield my tongue to Your Spirit, that Your words will come forth that will write on our hearts Your plan, Your purpose revelation knowledge that truth will be imparted in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, let's, uh, week number two, let's get right into the word. Uh, John chapter 16, verse 23. John chapter 16 and verse 23. Don't you love the word of God? The, The word of God is eternal. It is not flesh. It is not fleshly. It is eternal. It is divine. Uh, and heaven and earth will pass away, but the Word of God will by no means, in no way, ever pass away. So, if you, uh, many things in this world are subject to change and they do change. But the Word of God will never, ever change. And the Word of God will never lose its power. And the word of God can always be trusted, can always be relied upon, and will always do exactly what it says it will do. And God said, I watch over my words to perform them. So you, you can go to prayer and you can ask a lot of things, you can have a lot of thoughts, but I think the best things to ask and the best thoughts to have are what the word of God promises and declares is yours. Because when you come with your word, with his word, you, you're, you're doing Isaiah. I was Isaiah 43, put me in remembrance. Uh, l- let's just start there. Okay, I was gonna go to John, but let's start there. Isaiah 43. It's somewhere in this Bible. Isaiah 43, verse 25. I, even I, am he that blotteth out your transgressions. Praise the Lord. For my own sake. And I will not remember your sins. Hallelujah. He said... I'm blotting out your sins, your transgressions for my own sake. I'm not going to remember them. How is that possible? Because he's God. And how much does he not remember them? How much ability does he have? As much ability as God has to do a thing, he has the ability to blot out your sins and to not remember them anymore. Another scripture says that he has thrown them into the sea of forgetfulness as far as the east is from the west. So far has he removed our sins and transgressions from us. So they don't belong to you. They were yours at one time. But Jesus came and he knocked on the door of your heart and he said, hey, I'll show you a better way. Why don't you let me take all that weight? Why don't you let me take all, all those burdens? You know, you've tried and tried and tried and tried. And that's not the way. The way is to believe. So you just believe that I did everything to the fullest extent necessary. More than that to take care of you, right? So uh, for my own sake, put me in remembrance. Verse 26, let us plead together. Declare thou that you may be justified. Well, that, that is actually... Uh, uh, amazing that God said let us plead together in other words you, you tell me about it and I'll tell you about it and we'll, we'll come together and, and I'll tell you what I'll do and so uh, w- what an amazing God we have uh, just turn over next page or scroll a little bit whatever device you happen to be using to Isaiah forty-five eleven. Isaiah 45, 11 says, Thus says the Lord, the Holy One of Israel and His Maker, Ask me of the things to come. Concerning my sons and the work of my hands, Command you me. I think we need to read that again. Ask me. This is what the Lord says. Ask me. Ask the Lord. Ask Jehovah, the God of all glory, power, might, presence, truth, reality. El Shaddai, the God who is more than enough. Not barely, not just get along, not until you get to heaven. Ask me. Well, when we're asking the Father, who are we asking We are asking love himself. We are asking goodness himself. We are asking provision himself. We are asking satisfaction himself. We are asking tenacity himself. If you lack something, you'll find it in him. Remember Ephesians 3 prayer that the fullness of God would dwell in you. How was that through? Well, Ephesians chapter 3, according to the riches of the glory, that God would strengthen you in your inner man, that Christ would dwell in your heart by faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love would be able to comprehend, understand with all other believers what are the extents of that love. And that wasn't enough. He said, what's the height, the depth, the width, the breadth? Of the love of God. This comes through opening your heart and hungering for God and saying, Lord, you show me. I don't know anything. I want to know you the way that you want me to know you, which is actually the Ephesians 1 prayer. Which says, Lord, that you give unto me a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you. The margin of my Bible says, for the acknowledgement of you. In other words, so when I pray that, I say, Lord, I'm asking you to give unto me a spirit of wisdom and revelation in knowing you and acknowledging you in all of my ways. Well, the Bible says if you do that, he will direct your path. So he'll make a way in the wilderness, streams of water in the desert. Uh, uh, Psalm says he'll give you large places to put your feet. You ever feel like you're like, oh, if I just do one thing wrong, it's gonna, I'm going to fall. He said, no, that's not my blessing on your life. That's not my plan for your life. My plan for your life is to give you huge places to put your feet, that you will not slip and you will not fall. You can do a lot more for God and a lot more in life than just pray. But you cannot do it until you do pray. Pray first. How, how often we like let things kind of get going and get pressures and don't even recognize it sometimes. And all of a sudden you're like, oh, I didn't even pray about this. Paul told Timothy, 2 Timothy chapter 2, pray first. First, first of all, pray. Oh, Lord, I thank you for technology working in Jesus' name. And my whole thing just like, just died. So I have to practice what I preach. <laughs> Glory to God. Hmm. So you can do more than pray, but really not until you first pray. Because prayer is turning the situation over to the Lord. Prayer is getting God's wisdom on the situation. Prayer is getting God's direction in the situation. In order to do that, um, in my life, two of the greatest keys to my prayer life are to come humbly and to come honestly. In other words, I might think, you know, of course, I'm getting older, so you you learn some things just through age. But I'm not old, but, you know. (laughs) But I might think that I know exactly how this works. But I don't. Actually, according to Corinthians, the word of God, the word tells us you don't actually begin to know anything until you start to feel like I only know a little bit about this. So you really don't have any wisdom until you realize, well, I don't know much about this. And Paul said, he said, I determined among men to know nothing except Jesus Christ and him crucified. Something about being among men, not males, but men, mankind that it's real easy to slip into uh, a prideful, fleshly way of living. And prideful, fleshly way of living doesn't always look gross. Sometimes it looks appealing. And to your flesh, it is appealing. But Jesus said, he that would be exalted, let, let him humble himself. And there is such freedom in humility. There's freedom in in not knowing. I'm not saying you shouldn't seek after. The Bible says to seek after. Seek to know. Seek to find out. But then the Holy Spirit said through the Apostle Paul, Why are you so full of pride acting like this is all from you? Because everything you have, you have received. God, from the very beginning... When God created man, he created everything else with his words. But then of the creation of his words, the dirt, the dust of the earth, the Lord formed man. But that man was just a body, I assume, laying on the ground. Unless he propped him up. Until what happened? Till God breathed into him of himself. Man is not the same as animals. Man is a whole other class of being. Well, then man fell and was in a, a very serious state, so that's why God said, whoa, we're, we're cutting off this uh, tree of life because I don't want man to forever be in this state. I love him too much to leave him that way. So then Christ came Died on the cross so that we could become new creatures. Is it nova creatura or something? Creatura, creatura. New creatures. Nova Creatora in Portuguese. I'm learning Portuguese. I got to add some more words to, my, to there. Probably fix the accent maybe too, but that's okay. You be patient with me, Dulce. I'll be patient with you. We'll be patient with each other. And if we're both patient with each other, we'll be walking with the Lord. So he can make up anything we lack. So, a new creature. Old things have passed away. So don't get fixated on those old things. Don't get stuck on those old things. Those are just that, old things. And he said there in Isaiah 43, I'll blot them out. I'll blot them out and I'll remove them from you as far as the east is from the west and I will not remember them anymore. And so if you're going to come to God and you're going you're to meet with God in prayer, you cannot come with all your mistakes, all those troubles, all of those sins that you're thinking about. I did this and I did that. And I can't believe I did that. You know, uh, you're not going to get in there like that. Do you remember the Pharisee and the publican? they go to prayer, and Jesus is talking about them. And he said, you know, the Pharisees said, you know, I always picture him, like, taking his suit coat or something like that. And I guess it would be his, what were those, long robes or something like that, and his tassels and everything else he had. Uh, probably a little box on his head. Anyhow. So, uh, and he's like, Lord, I thank you that I am not like, you know, here, come here. You, you, you be the publican. So, like this, come over here. Okay. So I picture him like, Lord, I thank you. I'm not like these others, purple-haired people. And I give a tenth of everything, not like them. Right? And then it says that the publican beat his chest. Oh, sorry, Jeremy. (laughs) Beat his chest and said, Lord, be merciful upon me. A sinner. Sometimes I think because we found out, you you can sit down. Thank you. You're beautiful. Uh, Sometimes I think because we found out when you're born again, you are no longer a sinner. You might occasionally sin. You might, the, the flesh might get advantage of you. Uh, you might have uh, uh, not realize what's happening. And all of a sudden you find yourself and, and you sin. But your nature has been completely made brand new. The old has been wiped out and the old is, and the new is all brand new. You are not a sinner by nature. You're a believer by nature. Your default mode is to believe God. Your default mode in every situation is, I'm looking to the Lord. Because I gave my whole life over to him. I turned my whole life. I said, you know, I'm going this direction. And and this is not working. And the Spirit of God came upon me. And I I saw this light. And I began to understand things. And I didn't understand so much. But I had this little amount of light. And I said, I can't do this myself. I'm turning my life to Christ. I'm going his direction now. Well, you are his sheep. And you know his voice. Now you can cover over it because you're like trying to get away from it. Or you may be unconsciously just like fleshing out. Like I'm just going to me, 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 me. That is not the life of a believer. Okay, he desires that you prosper and be in health. But even as your soul prospers. Some people, years ago, I had a fella, Lord bless him, I plead the blood of Jesus over him. But he told me, he's like, I don't know about that prosperity stuff because I just know if, uh, if I had that, I would turn away from the Lord. And I said, can't you believe that the Lord could bless you and you could still honor him? But I guess he couldn't believe that. And uh, the, the Lord is good. And he, his mercy endures forever. Uh, You have entered a brand new life. A brand new life. This life is not a life that's like isolated. Like all of a sudden my kids, for some reason they were, or somebody recently, I think it was my kids, were talking about these like, uh, Spacecraft that we have sent to Mars, and like how many are on Mars? They said to me, and then like does one see the other and stuff? It's not like we launched God launched a probe and put it in your body, and now like you're Mars, and all of a sudden life has been discovered on Mars because we sent life into your body, and that life is just living on its own. No, when you're born again, your new life is a life. That flows from God himself and is united to God himself. That your new creature that you are is a new being that is one with God. So if you're going to ignore God and be made a brand new creature, how in the world could you ever live the life that he planned for you to live? If any man be in Christ, in union with Christ, he is a new creature. Old things have passed away. Uh, behold, all things have become new. All right, let's go to Mark. Uh, we'll, we'll go to John and then we'll go to Mark real quick. Oh, we got to go real quick. Okay, praise the Lord. John chapter 16, when we pray, Uh, Jesus said, verse 23, speaking of the day in which we live, or really the day after he would raise from the dead and the day of Pentecost, he would send the Holy Spirit. And so um, the the Spirit was even uh, there before that, but in the way where the church was birthed uh, on the day of Pentecost, where power came, verse 23 of John chapter 16, and in that day you will ask me nothing. So we don't pray to Jesus you can fellowship with Jesus, but we don't pray to Jesus. That's not New Testament prayer. In that day, Jesus said, you will ask me nothing. Verily, verily, I say to you, whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give it to you. He didn't even say, verily, verily, whatever you ask God. He said, whatever you ask the Father. You have entered a family when you have received Christ. Christ. You have entered a spiritual family. There's a family on earth, and there is a family in heaven. Some of my family is in heaven. Some of my heavenly family is in heaven. And some of them are also my earthly family that are in heaven. Uh, Whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give it you. Up till now, you have asked nothing in my name. Ask and you shall receive that your joy may be full. Ask and you will receive. 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 receive. These are the words of Jesus. It's in red. Thank you for the few laughs there. He said, Jesus said, in that day, you're not going to ask me anything. But whatever you ask, the Father, in my name, he will give it to you. I like um, Carpenter's translation of Ephesians chapter 3 prayer. It says, you know, I, I bow on my knees and I start to stir up the thoughts of my own father and all of the homes, happy homes where I've ever been present and saw the Father. And I multiplied a thousand. No, ten thousand times and think this must be just a glimpse of really what fatherhood is really like. And he said, then I say, once he stirred himself up concerning us, then he said, I say, oh Father. Isn't that amazing? You meditate on who God is, his power, his ability, but Many times, we meditate on how big the problem is, how big our mistakes are, and we start to magnify our mistakes above his word and his name. But he said, actually, I've magnified my word even above all my name. So if we take the word to the situation, instead of letting letting the feelings and the gratification of sometimes speaking those uh, fleshly, uh, you know, there's like a pull of your flesh sometimes. Like you just want to really say it. You just really want to say that. You just have to say it. And you're like, on the inside, your spirit's like, no, 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 no. And you're like, so what you do is you kind of like lock down. You're like, oh, I'm going to, I'm not listening to that. You are such a little you know, and then all of a sudden you, you, you've expressed your flesh and the devil got his way because he, he kind of tempted you and made you think like, oh, this is good for you. You need to be able to express yourself. <laughs> you know what they're going to feel when you say that? <laughs> oh, you got them. <laughs> and then you say it and you're like, oh, why did I do that? That's okay. That means you're human. Just don't stop there. Just as soon as you realize that, just say, oh, Lord, forgive me. Because the devil, he's like a, a, I don't know, if you're in computer programming, you might understand this better, but I can't think of a better word for it. So afterwards, give me a better word. But he's not a single threaded application. He's like multi-threaded. Okay, so he can't just do one thing at a time. Uh, I'm not saying he's all that amazing, but what I'm saying is he's going to get you to mess up like that. And that could be the end of it. But then he's going to heap all the guilt upon you and say like, you know, what's the illustration? The devil will put his foot out and make you trip and then he'll ask you, why did you trip and fall? What's wrong with you? So you're going to flesh out like that and then he's going to come and he's going to say like, well, you're a horrible Christian. How in the world could you act like that? You know, you you have no right to pray. Did you see what you just thought, what you just did? You can't pray. But you come, oh, Lord, be merciful unto me. Well, he can't get you on that side. He'll get you on the other. You know, you're really the only one in this room who knows how to pray. Everyone else, I mean, they may mouth a few words here and there, but you're the one that really knows me, knows, knows the Lord. If they could just know me like you know me, the Lord's not saying that, the devil's saying it. People get all confused. They think, is this the Lord speaking? The Word and the Spirit always magnify the Lord Jesus Christ. In fact, Jesus talked to us about the Holy Spirit. He said he will not speak of himself, but whatever he hears that's what he's going to speak. He'll take the things of mine and he will declare them to you. He will show them to you. He will not speak of himself. But whatever he hears, that's what he's going to say. That means when the spirit of God is witnessing to your spirit, God is talking to you. Let me finish here and then we'll pray. Um, but we didn't get to where I thought we were gonna get. Okay. You know what? I, I think I mentioned last week that game hot and cold. you know? And so if I'm like if we're playing that game, a kid's game hot and cold. So um, you know, like I'll just close my eyes and if I spin around, the problem is I can hear the PA. Let's see. Here. So if I'm like this, okay, I, don't, I actually don't know where I'm facing, so be real quiet well, until I say say warm or cold. So if I'm gonna go towards the camera, okay? Then uh, I need to go towards the camera. So if I start getting closer, you gotta say warmer. And if I start getting uh, further away, you say colder, okay? So I'm guessing it's somewhere here. Okay. I don't wanna hit it though. <laughs> okay, so if I start. Oh. <laughs> you know what you just gave me? A witness. primary way God communicates with you is through the inward witness. So I'm walking, and I'm getting colder, and you're witnessing the whole situation. You're seeing it, and the witness is colder. But I'm going here, and you're saying, warmer. So so the primary way God speaks is not so much with words, but you will know on the inside this is what to do. This is why when you pray and you join forces with God, that, that you'll have a, yeah, uh-huh, uh-huh, go, yeah, that's correct, or no, 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 hold on, hold on, no. So, so not just in prayer, but as, as, um, as you give yourself to prayer, prayer becomes your life. So that, somebody say, you need to pray about that, I'll give you an opportunity or say something, you need to pray about that. Sometimes I don't need to pray at all. Do you know why? I live in fellowship with the Lord. So I can ask on the inside when you're asking me. Like when I'm ministering to you, I guarantee there is no power that originates in me that's going to help you. But I guarantee there is great power that is from him. I am not a great person and you are not a great person. We happen to serve a great God. And when we turn to our great God, he can do and will do great and mighty and wonderful things. You open your heart to God. You come to the Father in the name of the Son, Jesus Christ. You have access that was bought and purchased by the blood of the Lamb. The holiest human who ever lived, who did not sin... And at any point, he was tempted at all points, but he didn't sin at any point. The, the, the rapport that we have with God, the holiness that we receive as a believer, the righteousness, if you want to call it that, the fact that things have been made right on the inside of every believer. We are, as a believer, according to 2 Corinthians 5.21, we are what's right about God in Christ. You are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And we have that. And he has asked us, he said, I'm looking for a man, a woman, a boy, a girl who will make up the gap, who will stand in the hedge and give me access so that my heart's passion and desire can be poured out in lives of people all over the earth. John Wesley said. It seems God can do nothing for humanity. Unless someone ask him. Somebody say. If God knows everything. He's all this. How come we have to pray? Well that is not the subject of the discussion. But. Because God says so. And I assume. I don't know this. I probably don't, shouldn't say too much of that line. But one of the reasons probably is. Because you won't get confused where the power and blessing came from. Jesus said my house should be called a house of prayer. Every believer is the house of God. Every believer is the house of God. And so first of all, pray. Now we're going to pray. And before we do, I don't know if you know this or not, but um, there's a a ministry, uh, well, nonprofit, but it's called Open Doors. And so... um, they work with persecuted Christians all around the world. And so today, apparently, is a International Persecuted Christian Day to pray for them. So we're gonna start out uh, worshiping the Lord and then we're gonna pray. And we're gonna pray for the persecuted believers and then we're gonna pray uh, however else we're led to pray. But as a believer, you have authority. As a believer, you have authority. And the Bible says they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. And they love not their lives unto death. So the way that we overcome the devil, the way that we overcome the work of the enemy is number one by the blood of the lamb. What does that mean? That means you come by the mercy of God. You know what the blood says? It not only says mercy... But it says, I love you. I love you enough that I give my life for you. I love you enough that I give my life for you. Come by the blood of the lamb, they overcome. And the word of our testimony. Where does that come from? When God has done something in your life, when you have seen Something that only he could reveal or he could show, you have a testimony. You all know I love A.B. Simpson's testimony, healing. He had heart problems and went up to New England uh, for a couple weeks because uh, he, years and years ago, people in his church all of a sudden were getting healed. Boom, boom, boom. He's the pastor of the church and they're getting healed. And he he never, he didn't know this was possible. And they're like, ah, this is great. I had this and and now I'm healed. So he, he did something I consider very honorable. He said, you know what? And he, he'd get in the pulpit. He could only it'd take him all week to recover enough strength to get in the pulpit the next week. And so uh, he went up to his farm in New England for two weeks and went over every scripture in the Bible concerning healing. At the end of that, he said, I have come to see that healing is just as much a part of God's uh, work of redemption through Jesus Christ, healing for the body, as salvation For the soul. That healing is just as much a part. And he said, so he wrote this like declaration. He said, so this day I take Jesus, I receive Jesus as my healer just as I have already received him as my Lord. And then he said something that just, just, whoo, makes me want to run. He said, whether my body felt any different or not, I do not know. I know I didn't care because I knew he had it in his hand. So if you asked him, in fact, after that, he went and preached. And when he was preaching, he said in his message, the Lord has healed me. How did that happen? By the blood of the lamb. Look at that redemption. It includes healing for the physical body. And the word of his testimony. After he preached, they said, Let's go climb a mountain. You know what the thoughts that rushed his mind? You can't do that. You're gonna die. He said, Every step, every step I took, those thoughts would be there. And he said, I I almost gave it up. I almost thought, because he said it was hard to breathe, and I could feel my heart racing and having all kind of problems. He said, but then I remembered, no, healing is part of my redemption. And he said, about three-quarters of the way up, all of a sudden something hit him, and he then he felt in his body. And he had strength. And instead of getting weaker and weaker every step, he got stronger and stronger. And by the time he's to the top, every symptom in his body was gone. But he did not receive on that mountain. He received in that place of prayer when he saw in the word and he wrote that declaration, that is when he was healed. Mark eleven twenty four. 24, whatever you desire when you pray, so you got to be praying, believe that you receive them and you will have them. He believed he received when he wrote that declaration. And he felt it a week or two later when he's climbing the mountain. Stand with me if you would. Every head bowed, every eye closed. If you're in the room here, you're watching online and you have never received Jesus Christ as your Lord and as your Savior and you'd like to, or maybe you have received Christ, but uh, other things came in and uh, pressured and and you you, uh, on purpose or uh, inadvertently turned away, uh, I'm giving you an opportunity right now. I'm inviting you come back to God or maybe come to God for the very first time. You will never regret this. You will never regret this. You will enter into a love that the world does not know. You'll enter into a mercy that the world does not have. You will enter into a power that the world does not have. You'll enter into the very heart of God. Hallelujah. In just a minute, we're going to pray. And when we pray, the Bible says if you believe with your heart and declare it with your mouth that God raised Jesus from the dead and then you you declare, Jesus, you are my Lord, that you will be saved. Faith calls those things which be not as though they were. So what we're going to do, we're going to pray, and we're going to declare that Jesus is our Lord. And when we do, every person who does this from their heart, God will hear you, and he will answer you. If you'd like to receive, I want you to make a decision in about three seconds. Three, two, one. Just get it settled. I'm not living for myself. I'm living for Jesus. Let's pray. If you'd like to receive Christ, pray. If you're a believer, pray with us together. Say this. Say, oh God, I believe that Jesus Christ is your son. And that he died on the cross to take away my sins. Lord Jesus. I receive you now you are my Lord my master I'm not living for myself any longer I'm living for you every day father God thank you that you are now my father I'm asking you fill me with your spirit in Jesus name Amen